shocking. It's a wake-up call. This wake-up call is to a church. And what will this church do with its wake-up call is the question. And what will you do with your wake-up call? So I'm praying that the Lord would give you a wake-up call if you need it today as we go through this text. So once you get the wake-up call, like once you know something's going on, then the question is, well, what will you do? Once you get this wake-up call, then what comes next? Because it's pretty easy to get the wake-up call and then go back to sleep. Or get the wake-up call and then go back to being pleasantly distracted and just trying to avoid everything on your device or whatever it is. So, so once you're awake, then what will you do? And then why not just stay distracted? Why stay awake? Why work at it? Because it's awfully comfortable just to stay distracted. So here we go. Let's pray and we'll jump into the text. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would work in our hearts, work in our lives, pull us towards yourself. Lord, I pray that this text would be a T intersection that we would turn to you as we're confronted with our need to wake up. Lord, I pray that you'd grab us by the heart, pull us towards yourself. Lord, stand in front of me while I'm in front of them. Talk over me while I talk to them. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're doing a series called Conquer in uh, the seven churches on, in Revelation. And each church is invited, is commanded, is implored to conquer. Even this church that we're going to see today is invited to conquer. Like, come and conquer. And uh, you conquer by holding on to your faith, by enduring to the end. You conquer by fighting the whole fight, by racing the whole race, by knitting the whole sweater. And we're talking about life as a whole. You conquer by staying alert. And so we started out in the book in, um, in the island of Patmos with John, where he wrote this letter. And then we were in Ephesus, and then Smyrna, and then Pergamum, and then Thyatira. And now we're uh, right into the church in Sardis. So here we are. And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, the words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. So this is God himself speaking to them who holds all things in his hand. He says, I know your works. And so what we're expecting to come after this is we're expecting him to say something good. So to the church in Ephesus, he said, I know your works and your toil and your patient endurance, how you cannot bear with those who are evil. That's good, right? To the church in Smyrna, he writes, I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich in the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not. So that's good, right? He says, I know what you're suffering for my sake. To the church in Pergamum, he says, I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. You hold fast my name, and you do not deny my works. To the church in Thyatira, he writes, I know your works, your love, your faith, your service, your patient endurance, and your later works. You see, the first, you just keep getting better and better. Every time up till now, he has said, I know, I know your works, and then he's praised them for something. Watch this. He says, I know your works. How you have a reputation for being alive, 
<laughs> but you are dead. Wow. I know, this is the Lord, he says to them, I know your works, and they're expecting something good. I know you're hypocrites. I know your works, he says, I know you're living a lie. I know your works, he says, I know you've got everyone fooled. That's kind of bracing. And the answer is going to be, wake up. The people we lie to the most effectively a lot of times are ourselves. We're really good at living in denial. And this is a church that has been living in denial. This is a church that needs to wake up. And this is why we talk about wake-up calls. Getting our head out of our phone and seeing what's really going on around us. So he says to them, wake up. Please wake up and face reality. And strengthen what remains and is about to die. You think of like a fire that's about to go out. It's, it's, there's still a little bit of heat coming off it. Maybe you could resurrect it if you try to push it all together and you started blowing on it. It might come back. This is kind of like where the church is at. Kind of like, and, and like I say, like you might be like, I, I can see myself in this. I can hear myself in this. Or I can see my marriage in this. Or my, like my relationship with my kids in this. My relationship with my parents in this. Like it's, it's kinda, kind of alive, but it's dying quickly. And it needs your attention, and it needs your attention right now. It needs you to wake up right now. Not tomorrow, right now. So he says, wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. You're good at starting things. You're not good at finishing things. Remember, then, what you have received and heard. This is, this is it. Like, you got to remember how you were saved. you got to remember that you asked Jesus to forgive your sins, that he cleansed you from all unrighteousness. Remember how you were dead in your sins and he raised you to newness of life. Remember the joy of your salvation. Please, please remember. Remember then what you have received and heard. Keep it. Remember how we talked about that was key? If you've been here for, been here for a while, we worked through Revelation chapter 1. We talked about how keeping the word was really, really important for the churches. And I tried to illustrate that by telling you stories of uh, when I had met with preaching coaches. And I thought, it was, I thought none of the cool preachers used outlines. And uh, so I had three coaches in a row tell me, you know, Nathan, you're pretty good, but you could really use an outline. And, you know, two points isn't quite enough. Four points is probably too many. Three points is just about right. And, and it took me, it took me, Several times to hear that, and then putting my notes together to come here, I'm like, oh yeah, every preaching coach said the same thing to me. Maybe I should pay attention to that. And, like, and so I've said, since then, I've tried to keep that word. I've tried to keep that instruction. And so this is, this is how we need to stay alert and stay awake as a church, is to keep God's word. Keep it. 
Hold to it. Stick to it. So he says, remember, keep it, and then he's going to say, repent. So if you have a tendency to drift inside your phone and be distracted as you go through life, or if you have a tendency to distract yourself with drunkenness, or if you have a tendency to distract yourself with success, you have a tendency to try to work more and do better and accomplish more than anyone else, then he says, turn away from that, if you're looking at that as an idol, and love God and serve God. So he says, stay alert, stay awake. And he says, if you will not wake up, I think this is really the key for this church, it needs to wake up. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. They, they need to wake up, and they need to wake up right now. Yet you still have a few names in Sardis, people who have not soiled their garments. You can kind of tell what's going on with the, with the church there. They're getting the world on them. They're looking more and more like the world. They're adopting the world's values and habits more and more. And this might be what's happening to you. It might be what's happening to your kids as they're getting more of the, more of the world on them. And they look almost indistinguishable from, from the rest of culture. He says, but some of you haven't. And they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. The one who conquers, remember that's the title of the series, will be clothed thus in white garments because Jesus has washed them clean and then they have sought to keep themselves clean because of what Jesus had done for them. And I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. That's a reference to Matthew 10 and Luke 12 where Jesus says, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father and his angels who are in heaven. And if you do not confess me before men, I will not confess you before my Father or his angels in heaven. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So I think I tipped my hand well enough. You know what I'm going to say already, but I'll say it anyway. I think the thing we need from this passage the most is to stay alert. To stay alert. So last week, we had the church service, and then we had the annual meeting, and then we had a deacon's meeting. And I always pack a lunch for the deacon's meetings because I know how prone I am to get hangry if I don't eat, especially on a Sunday. But I did not pack a lunch uh, because I was planning to go to the Wesseldykes for Collins Open House. And so uh, did, you know, did the morning service, then did the annual meeting, then went to Collins, then, then the deacons meeting, and then we drove to Otsego for uh, Collins Open House, and I was so hungry. So hungry. And so, shook hands with Jason, and he's like, oh, I know you guys have already eaten, but there's a taco bar and stuff. So I go up there, and I make two gigantic tacos. Like, Probably illegal in three states, size. T- I mean, a huge, selfish. Like, like I'm sure the Wessel Dykes, if they saw it, would have been like, please, there's other people in line. Save some for them. You know, I make huge tacos. And Colin's a pretty popular guy, so there are no seats open at tables. So here I am sitting on a folding chair with these giant tacos on my lap with a plate. And I have this shirt on. 
and I have to take my teeth out to eat. If you know, I mean, if you know, I have, I'm in between implants right now, so I don't have any front teeth, so food just falls out of my mouth sometimes at random times. <laughs> and I'm trying to have dignity as a pastor. But I'm really hungry, and I have this white shirt on, and so I'm like leaning over, like, like trying so hard to not spill. And Becky says, do you need a napkin? <laughs> no, I'm okay. This was staying alert, okay? Don't get any of that on you. Do you see what we just read about? They have not let their garments be soiled. And Jesus is saying, this is how I want you to go through life. I want you to go through life staying alert so that you don't adopt the world system, that you don't value what they value. You don't look like them and act like them. Stay alert. Don't get that on you. This, this is how you're going to go through life. So this, this really corresponds to what James writes. So James writes to the church in James 1.27, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Unstained from the world. Do you see how that is like verse 4? Yet you still have a few names in Sardis, people who have not soiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. So how would we get soiled? Like, what would that mean? I think, I think the way that we could get soiled is to worship the same idols that the world worships. And so Tim Keller makes, makes a list of the, of the world's idols that, that we could get, that we could buy into and worship along with the world that the culture would just encourage us to worship. And this is his list. The first one is true love. That we would make true love our God and say, how can I be happy if I don't find true love? How can I be happy unless you love me the way I want to be loved? And we could, we could become just like the world that buys into that as the only source of happiness, where God is saying, I love you. My love is ultimately enough for you. Another idol that we would have would be Money. Like, how can I ever have enough if I don't have a little bit more money? And so, you know, how much is enough? Well, a little bit more than we have right now. And, and uh, how can I ever sleep well at night? Or how can I ever stop worrying unless I have, unless I have money? Another, another idol that we could get from our culture would be the idol of success. How can I ever like myself or feel good about myself unless I'm succeeding? Another idol we could get from our culture would be power. Like, how will I ever have peace and rest unless I can control everyone in every situation or at least the people that I love? Do you see how we could become defiled by becoming like the world by worshiping love or by worshiping money or by worshiping success or by worshiping power. And we could just drift into that without ever knowing it's happening, kind of like drifting off to sleep. So to the church in Sardis, Jesus says, wake 
up. You must wake up and see what's happening. So how do we wake up? Like if we say, all right, I've got to wake up. I've got to stay alert. Well, it starts with facing reality. It really starts with facing reality. So, so what is, I, I just would ask you, what is the Lord kind of pushing on you about as, as we read this? And we read about this church that has just, just drifted off to sleep and is just becoming defiled and is just becoming just like the world. It's just something that the Lord, the Holy Spirit, is, is pushing on you about that you need to wake up to. Would it be something in your own heart, a discontentment, or a bitterness that is growing in your own heart? Would it be a, a fear that you can't get away from that's keeping you up at night? Would it be a covetousness, you know, of like, I, I'm just... Is it something in, in your marriage where you're like, my spouse is clueless, they have no idea, but I've got to tell them that it's not okay, that things are drifting away, that this is dying, unless we pay attention to it? Is it something with your kids and you're seeing them develop habits that are really not, not okay? And you have to quit running away from that and face it. What is the Holy Spirit pushing on in your life. I'm just, I'm just going to stop and ask him to get clear. Dear Heavenly Father, would you just make it unavoidably, shockingly clear what you want each one to wake up to? the reality that you're calling us to face. Lord, would you just grab us by the heart and wake us up? I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, when we wake up to reality, then we have a choice. We can stay awake or we can roll over and go back to sleep. We can stay awake to the reality that is slapping us in the face, or we can go back to hiding from it in drunkenness or hiding from it in busyness. Really, really, I've got to tell you, I, I really think busyness is a lot of our drug of choice. How do you avoid conflict in your marriage? Well, you chase the kids all day long, every day, and tell yourself, I'm doing it for the kids. We'll figure it out later. And then later comes, and you're like, who is this person I'm married to? I don't even like them. Once you wake up, then you have a choice to make. Am I going to stay awake? Or am I going to go back to sleep? Are we going to stay busy like this, chasing our tails? Or are we going to face reality? You know, the other drug of choice I think a lot of us have, things get a little stressful or a little boring, and all of a sudden we're like this, and we just kind of go through life, just kind of doing this every time things get boring or stressful. And 
I think Jesus is saying, please get your head out of your phone and pay attention to what's going on around you. Please pay attention to your reality and to the people in your life. Please pay attention to yourself and to your kids and to your church. Please. This will not make your problems go away. Drunkenness or busyness will not make your problems go away. I think Jesus is saying, please, please wake up and then stay awake. That's why he tells them in verse 3, actually, let's start in verse 2, wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. Wake up and now stay awake. Complete your works. Remember then what you received and heard. Keep it and repent. For if you will not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I come against you. He's saying, remember how you were saved and live in continuity with how you're saved. Remember how I washed you clean. Now stay clean by my grace. So we stay alert. We wake up, we stay awake, and we do this because of his promises. I mean, because sometimes it's really tempting, right? It's really tempting just to stay distracted because distracted is easier than wakefulness. I mean, if hiding in a screen wasn't appealing, we wouldn't do it. I remember we used to have, a, when the kids were small, we used to have a huge TV. Huge. I mean, the screen itself was small by today's standards, but the box... The box was like this. We didn't, we didn't, it was given to us. But I, I remember like carrying that thing in the house and like it just taking, a, oh, it was huge. We set it down. I remember the metaphor I used is like what I, what I want to do in the evening, right around bedtime, because bedtime is the witching hour, isn't it? Trying to make kids do stuff they don't want to do. Trying to mush them through the bath, mush them through brushing their teeth, try to get them in bed like it's, I remember my dad. It's Father's Day, so I got to do at least one. I remember my dad. So there were five of us, and uh, I'm the oldest, and I remember my mom just being exhausted at the end of the day. Stay-at-home mom, did some homeschooling. Um, just, she, I, mean, just, I just remember her just being at the end of it. She's like, Casey, Casey's my dad's name, will you please put the bed, kids to bed, please? My dad being like, sure. Kids, go to bed. <laughs> so I remember bedtime at my house when I'm the dad and just wanting to physically crawl into the TV like I think I could get in there if I tried hard enough right I think I could avoid all the mayhem upstairs that's going on right now if I just could get inside that thing well, now, now I think it's even harder because it's even easy easier to just pick up your phone and kind of put this between you and, the hate, you and the mess out there and say, I'm just going to hide in here. I mean, if that wasn't appealing, we wouldn't do it. So why move towards the mess? Why follow Jesus into hardship? Well, because of his promises. Do you see his promises here? He says... Verse 4, 
Yet you still have a few names in Sardis, people who have not soiled their garments. For they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. I want to walk with him in white. Do you want to walk with him in white? I want to do that. He says, verse 5, The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I don't want my name blotted out of the book of life. I don't want that. Like, this is what he's promising. You stay alert. Stay alert. You'll walk with me in white. Stay alert. Wake up. Stay awake. Your name will not be blotted out of the book of life. Then he says, And I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Well, what is that? Well, I'll tell you what, you turn to Luke chapter 12 with me, and I'm going to tell you a story while you get there. Well, not a story, I'll tell you an illustration while you get there. Luke chapter 12, and we're going to read in verse 8. Luke chapter 12, verse 8. So you ever play Whirlpool, where you're in this, usually it's kind of a smaller pool, and you get people, and we're walking around in circles, and you're walking around in circles faster and faster and faster and faster, and then you can get a pretty good current going. Have anybody here done that? Yeah, a bunch of you. You play Whirlpool, and you're going around and around and around and around. Well, imagine the world system is going around and around and around and around. They're all walking in the same direction, and they're all going down the drain, if you want to put it that way. The world system is broken and dying, and so they're, they're going around and around, and then you decide to follow Jesus. And following Jesus means turning around and going the other way and walking into the current, walking up the hill, walking upstream. And what happens if, you're play- if everyone else is playing Whirlpool and you decide to walk the other direction? Well, the current is going to be really hard, but also you're going to bump into people. And that's what Jesus is describing here in Luke, ch- Luke chapter 12 and verse 8. And I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man also will acknowledge before his angels of God. But the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. Jesus says, you stand up for me, I'll stand up for you. He also says, you deny me, I'll deny you. We'll know your faith is real when you stand up for me. And I'll reward you. I'll stand up for you. And so like in the whirlpool of life, as the world is moving the wrong direction and worshiping the wrong gods, the wrong idols that we just pointed out, you're going to stand up for Jesus and walk in the other direction. You might bump into people and they'll say, what's going on? You'll say, I follow Jesus. When Jesus sees you say that, he says, I'll stand up for you like you stood up for me. You know, that can happen. That can happen at work. That can happen at school. That can happen in your house. You know, I hate to say it, in a church like Sardis, it could happen in church. But you're going to stand up for Jesus because he'll stand up for you. So here's what we've said we said, stay awake. Stay alert, because this is how you want to go through life. You don't want to go through life in denial. 
You don't want to go through life just hiding and denying and distracted. You want to go through life alive and awake to reality. You want to do this because Jesus has promised life and blessing. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would move towards us, that you would wake us up, that you'd help us resolve to stay awake to you and face the realities that are in front of us. Lord, I pray that lives would change because of the power of your word and your spirit moving in us. I pray that we would confess our sins and receive forgiveness and run to you. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.